Hello and welcome to Victory Briefings, where we use the Word of God for a victorious life. I'm Dwight Hammond, and I thank you for joining me today. Be blessed by the Holy Spirit as He gives you new revelation knowledge through the Word of God. Let's take a look at Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 13. Don't forget that this epistle to the Ephesians is a picture of the body of Christ, the church. Verse 10 of Ephesians chapter 6 is transitional. It introduces us to the conclusion of the letter. We now come into the life of witnessing. We are about to take up the weapons of our warfare. The reason the weapons are saved until the end of the book is because the devil hits you the hardest when you spread the gospel. The whole letter to the Ephesians has been preparing and maturing the saints to be effective soldiers to stop the enemy and recover hostages. It's beautiful how Paul's letter has brought the revelation all the way from one person, God the Father, through the Son, and the Holy Spirit, then through all the ministry offices and into one body, Now the body can share the message to the world and win others to the Lord. This is where we do our combat. We come against the devil head on because he is blinding the minds of the lost. Ephesians 6.10 tells us, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. In this transition verse, finally, my brethren, means now for the rest of the story. Be strong in the Lord is a call to arms. Everything up till now has been boot camp. We should be ready for the battlefield, trained to fight in the most powerful military force in the world. Remember Paul's prayer for you back in chapter 1, verse 9. He used four of the five Greek words translated power in the New Testament. Here again, he uses three of those words. So this is another power verse. Dunamis is power, dynamo, dynamite. Kratos is dominion, strength, a ruling power. And Ixhus is endowed power, mighty and strong. You do remember Paul's intercession for the saints. Let's look at that again. Ephesians 1 verses 17 through 23. He's praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge in him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Verse 20 which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age but also in that which is to come. And he has put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. The Greek words for power in these verses should be old friends to you by now. 
Back to Ephesians 6.10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Let me paraphrase. Be dunamis, empowered, dynamically enabled in the Lord, in the kratos, dominion, vigorous strength, ruling power, in his ichus, which is endowed with power and a forceful, mighty strength. That's powerful. Be stabilized by the inner power that always keeps you upright. The power that is in your spirit, that forceful ruling power that raised Christ from the dead, was endowed to you the moment you recognized Jesus as Lord and Commander-in-Chief. Let's look at Ephesians 6.11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Put on the whole complete armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the strategies of the devil. This verse is in the imperative mood. It is a command, not a suggestion, so you have no options here. Paul was at that time an ambassador in chains. As he wrote this letter, he was locked up in the slammer with two Roman guards outside. He could see those Roman soldiers and their armor, and the Lord revealed to him Through the Spirit, the weapons believers have in the spiritual realm. Paul was writing this from a first-hand experience. He tells us to put on the whole armor of God that we may be able to stand. The word able here is in the continuous present tense, meaning we must continue to stand. Stand means hold your ground. Against what? Against the wiles or strategies and tactics of the devil. Paul is using military terms here, telling us to know how our enemy thinks and to never underestimate the strategies of the enemy. Even though victory is already secured through Christ, we have to stand our ground and occupy until he returns. This verse parallels Galatians 5.1 where Paul told us, stand fast, hold your ground, therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. This is also a military term, meaning once you've taken high ground, hold on to it. Plant your flag. Dominate it. Be a watchman over it and don't budge. Jesus conquered Satan at the cross, and we are enforcing that victory. Ephesians 6.12 tells us, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in high places or heavenly places. The devil is somewhat organized. Originally, he was over the angels and just under the Godhead in authority. Lucifer rebelled and God knocked his lights out. Now all Satan can do is counterfeit what little he learned while in heaven. Now this is my idea of the pecking order of Satan's mafia. First of all, in this verse he says there's principalities, from the Greek word arche. Arche means beginning or principal rule, rank. As I see it, these are demons or familiar spirits, you know, first-class privates, infantry, who possess unbelievers and oppress believers. These are legions of imps, low-level devils, dedicated to carry out orders. The word arche in the Greek is most often used as the beginning of things. 
as in John chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, where it says that in the beginning was the Word, and in the beginning was Jesus. Anyway, in the context of power and authority, it's always rendered principalities. Then Paul lists powers, exousia, or authorities, delegated influence. These could be his non-commissioned officers, you know, like sergeants. These chain-of-command demons continuously relegate and bark out orders. Next are the rulers of darkness of this world. Now, the Greek literally reads world rulers of this darkness. And the world here, of course, is the cosmos, which means the world's system. The rulers of darkness are possibly the demons that influence governments and kings. Finally, there is spiritual wickedness in high places. Here the Greek literally says, wicked spirits in the heavenlies. These are the demons that people say control nations, and perhaps are just under Satan himself. Managers of globalism making way for the Antichrist. That's my, these are my ideas of this list in this scripture here. Let me read that verse again. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in high places, heavenly places. People take this verse of scripture and want to make a whole hierarchy list of uh, different powers and levels of devils and I tell you, it's, I think it's unnecessary. I believe the reason that there are so few details in Scripture about the hierarchy of these evil forces is that the hierarchy is of little importance. You see, Jesus gave us authority over all demons. He categorized them right with the scorpions and snakes. In Luke 10:19, without even knowing their names, a prayer of authority will pull down, bind up, and cast out any of them. We could get all caught up with the prince of Persia and the timing of Daniel's prayers getting answered in Daniel 10:13, Or we could say principalities over cities and nations are more difficult to deal with. Just remember the name of Jesus is above all names, Ephesians 5.21. I believe that if there is a demon over a city or a nation, it is not due to the strength of the demon, but because the sins of the individuals in the people group welcomed the demon. It is because of the Persians that they have a principality, not that the principality powerfully drew certain people to a certain location. Things haven't changed since the garden. Demons still only have lies and suggestive temptations to offer. If they cause man to sin, then they can boast a little louder and perhaps get a foothold or build a stronghold in man and cause him to sin even more. That's all. We are to take dominion with vigorous strength and ruling power in the spirit. Flesh and blood refers to human nature. Our battle is spiritual. We do not fight men. We fight the demon powers that dominate carnal men. Let's take a look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3-5. through 5. Paul told the Corinthians, though we walk in the flesh... 
We do not war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds and casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Our weapons are spiritual and will destroy the spiritual forces of evil. Only a natural man would fight with physical weapons. The church cannot continue to be carnal, promoting arguments with each other and ignoring the Holy Spirit. If you failed boot camp, chapters 1 through 5, you'll likely become MIA or POW in chapter 6. Ready or not, it's showtime. Let's look at chapter 6, verse 13. Paul says, Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil days, in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Wherefore, here means because of Satan's strategies. Take unto you, or pick up, the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day. The evil day is the day of attack pretty much every day, and having done all to stand. The weapons God has given us are in front of us. We don't have to go find them. We just have to pick them up. How do we pick up our armor? Our weapons are words, and we pick up on what the Holy Spirit says by the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge, Ephesians 1.17 that you may be able to withstand or hold your ground on the evil day. Again, evil day refers to any day that you are under attack. And having done all, and having done is from a Greek word, katergadzomai. It's used 24 times in the New Testament, and it means to work fully or accomplish. By implication, it means to finish or fashion as in something on the inside working itself out. This is an interesting word. It refers to the inward power of the Holy Spirit bringing precise scriptures to the surface through faith. The Holy Spirit gives us words to speak in the time we need them. Inward power becomes outward endurance to stand and win every battle. Having done all refers to doing everything Paul has revealed to us in chapters 1 through 5, the realization of who we are in Christ, what we have in Christ, and how the body is one, and how we walk out what the Holy Spirit has instilled inside us. The knowledge, operation, and authority of the body of Christ while on earth is awesome. In my Bible, Ephesians is only five pages long. Read the whole letter a few times to get the idea of what we're talking about here. Perhaps, most of all, having done all refers to all the struggles and battles that we've won in the past in the spirit realm. When we pray in the spirit, he helps us because of our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we should. He who searches the hearts, the Holy Spirit, intercedes for the saints according to the word of God. That's how God causes all things to work together for good to those who love him, to those who are called according to his purpose. See Romans 8, 26 through 28. 
God turns bad things to good for people who love him and pray in the Holy Ghost. Jesus said, Now when they bring you before the synagogues and the officials and the authorities, do not worry about how or what you are to speak in your defense or what you are to say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. Luke 12, 11 and 12. And that's having done all from the Greek word which means something on the inside working itself out. Please know that as you receive this message, the Holy Spirit is empowering you, sowing incorruptible seeds of God's word into your spirit. It is important that you pick up the armor and put it on. It is also important to allow the Holy Spirit to pull out everything that is stored in you when you need it. Once you have done all of these things in order to be able to stand, stand. Don't sit on the couch. Take your stand and tell someone what you believe. What good would it be to have all the armor in place and be prepared to stand and then not stand? How many people today have been hearers only of the word? They are prepared to stand, but they just won't do it. Thank you for following the podcast. I hope you will share this message. God bless you, my friend. Remember, you can share your comments and prayer requests. Click the mailbag button on the website, or you can email me, mailbag at victorybriefings.net. With your permission, I'll read your comments on the mailbag section of the podcast. This program and other materials are available at victorybriefings.net.